Welcome to Mostly AV. In today's episode, we are taking excerpts from our previously recorded ISE special and separating it into each individual manufacturer or guest. Uh, without further ado, here they are. Enjoy. All right. So we are starting off. Uh, the first interview is with David Danto. Uh, David works for Poly. He is also... Um, Kind of a big force in the industry, I would say. He's been around for a long time. He's the Director of Emerging Technologies for the Interactive Multimedia and Collaborative Communications Alliance, IMCCA, nonprofit industry. Uh, they do a, a show every year that uh, just wrapped up last week. He also does the ITAV report for Sound and Communications magazine. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, so we, we met up. He uh, They were kind enough to sponsor Polly the AV Tweeps meetup in Amsterdam. So that was kind of neat. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they took care of the group there. And uh, he and I sat down and he kind of gave me some of his views, not necessarily on Polly. Uh, he just happens to work there right now. But right. Uh, but just in general. In general. Uh, as, yeah. as a guy who's been around the block and knows what he's talking about. So uh, it was okay. a good one. I hope everybody enjoys it. Excellent. Without further ado. Here it is. Hello, this is Michelle Lorette with the Mostly AV Podcast, and I am here with David Danto. For listeners that don't know who David is, you've been living under a rock. Um, I met David through the Twitters, um, where he often participates in AV and the AM, and he's a subject matter expert. He's been around for a long time. He's done consulting. He's worked directly with a lot of manufacturers, and um, he kind of has that very nice... 10 to 30,000 foot view of the industry. Uh, he resides out of New Jersey, where he is known as New Jersey David on Twitter. Um, and so we're sitting today to find out what's going on. Hey, David, how are you? I am terrific. Glad to be in Amsterdam. Glad to be at my first ISE. That's hilarious. So it is nice to be in Amsterdam. Well, they might come back at some point. I guess next year is Ola Barcelona. Um, now, what role are you now? You, who are you with now, if you don't mind sharing with our listeners? No problem. Um, I, uh, I, am, uh, I work with Polly uh, for about a year now. I'm Polly's director of UC Strategy and Research, um, which is an interesting role that they created for me. It was originally called an evangelist, but Polly has some terrific evangelists, and that really wasn't what I do. I'm, I'm really the guy to make sure that what the users in the industry need and what we're making have a good connection and a linkage. It's bad for engineers to be sitting in a black room with no windows thinking their competition is one company and then they try and sell that product and it's not what the industry needs. So I'm responsible for that. I, I manage our, our uh, customer advisory boards. I uh, uh, stay involved in, in print and journal. And I do wear a lot of hats in the industry. I'm, I'm the director of emerging technology for the IMCCA, so I'm still doing that nonprofit. Um, I'm the editor of the ITAV report for sound and communications. And, and I do most of that other stuff completely agnostically, but it's good to have a knowledge of what's going on in the industry because that helps me in my day job as well. And don't you think it's better? I mean, I, th I find the industry more rewarding the more you participate, whether that's giving back or, you know, just being part of the conversation. Uh, I, I just think it's more meaningful that way. I know you also are often a guest speaker, right? I, I see you on a lot of panels at various things. Um, I, th I think you do some AV Nation stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, a lifetime ago, geez, when I say it, it sounds really bad. Four decades ago, when I got my start in the industry, um, that really sounds shitty. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> the, it's, my, um, it's my podcast, so we cuss. Okay, we fine. There French. you go. Um, the, the, I learned, I, 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 in college, 
um, in high school, I was on the AV squad. Okay. So I, I was already technical at that point. In college, I took theater, film, and broadcasting. So I had a wide range of the production arts. But I learned television engineering from a fellow engineer, not from a class. Yeah. And when I went in to do some work and I said, what are you doing? He opened up the kimono and he showed me everything he was doing. I learned how to be a broadcast engineer, not from a school, but from a great fellow engineer, really terrific guy. And throughout my career, the best people that I worked with, I'm going somewhere with this, the best people that I worked with are the ones that share their knowledge. So when I started to become a professional and did things and, and went out as a consultant and, and worked with other companies, I'm exactly the same way. Anybody who wants to know what I'm doing, I don't hide that knowledge. I try and educate. You know, now we say send the elevator back down. Yeah. Make sure that you're good to people, golden rule, do it and do unto others as you would have them do with sure. you. And that's helped me grow in my career to stay involved. I'm happy to teach. I'm happy to make sure that all the companies agnostically that participate in um, in in the collaboration space get their voice, even if they're my competitors, yeah. as long as we're not selling, as long as we're educating, we're all doing the right thing for the industry. So what do you think in terms, I, you see, always seemed very adjacent, right, for a long time, and now it seems like everybody wants to partner, everybody wants to be, you know, in, able to integrate with Teams, able to integrate with Zoom, is there a Slack play, how, how did this happen, how did this evolution come? Well. The, the, the truth is, and what I wish our AV industry people would be telling us, because I've been talking about it for six or seven years now, is that the traditional AV industry is shrinking. Now, I don't just say that as an outsider. I say that a guy who's, who's threaded 16 millimeter projectors, and I know what a Kinderman is, and I've, I've, I've cut my teeth in the industry. You know, with, with like nine mergers last week, you know, I'm exaggerating only slightly, only we, are, slightly we, we are in a shrinking industry, and collaboration is exploding because you collaborate from wherever you are. I used to have, and this is funny, and it's true right now, if you emailed me at my poly address, you would get a reply that says, this is a delayed message, I'm traveling, but I'm not out of office because my office is wherever I am. And that's how we all work now, on the train, in the airport, I work from home all the time. So the AV industry has started to embrace that as a growing field. plus or minus how they're handling it and whether or not they work with organizations that help curate that knowledge and expertise. It's something that a lot of people are interested in only because of the numbers. A yeah. um, lot of opportunity here. Well, and I, I wonder, I, I feel like sometimes the, our, integrate, our integration channel, the integrators, sometimes they tend to be their own worst enemy. I mean, I get that nobody wants to change. Change is hard, right? But at some point, something has to evolve. So uh, you're familiar with the fact that I was representing a software platform for many, many years. And I still am, actually. I'm doing some consulting for yet another software platform. Um, And just for me to to talk to my integration partners, um, these are people that like me. These are my friends. And to watch their eyes glaze over, you know. And, and like, some of them get it. Those would be my better friends. Um, And then others, not so much. And just a little bit of, well, this is the way things have always been, and we don't want to change. And I'm like, yeah, but here's the problem. When I go talk to an end user, they get it right away. So, you know, look, I I don't need you to help pull me through, but I'm going to drag you into this because I need a partner because we don't sell direct. You know what I mean? We go through the channel. So, but here's the problem. When I go tee this up, 
and the end user says they want it, and then I engage you, now I own you because you owe me one because I'm the one that really drove this and I'm here giving it, putting a big bow on it and handing it to you. But, you know, it's a partnership. It needs to go both ways. Why do you think people are so averse to software because I don't know you see where I'm going with this it's right? it's 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 you know you're gonna make me drag out my soapbox and and say things that I probably shouldn't say but the industry needs to hear I'll send you a link later if you go back to a presentation I gave at collaborate uh-huh. an infocom show it's in, in Silicon Valley yes. I call this a freight train you know the light at the end of the tunnel is a freight train coming for our, our industry uh-huh. it's software based the the hang and bang integration oh my god did we have such an excess in terms of you know programming for touch panels that weren't needed, adding audio DSPs in a room where they weren't needed, marking them up 50, 60, 70%, you know, and and I said, guys, you're forcing people to do other things. It's coming, and now we're there right now. And it's a shame because AV end users and IT end users need integrators. Where we had the problem, if you remember like three years ago, four years ago, that people thought if they stuck a little webcam on top of a flat panel, they'd have a conference room. And that worked if there were three or four or five people, but as soon as you have a 20, 30 person room, it didn't work, but they didn't care. The people in the room don't know, only the far end knows. Um, We're doing that again right now. We've got a couple of new entrants into the the collaboration industry from people that have been in the industry before, but they've started a new company, and their model is ignoring the channel. They want it to be direct sale, direct order, um, you know, 1-800 operators are standing by, go to our website. Is that wrong? Well. If, if, what, if, if the one flavor of product they're selling is what you need and you're in the right side room, fabulous. But what happens when people think, I'm just going to order one of these for every room, and there was no integrator or, or, or anyone in the channel to be able to say, Proper guidance. these 15 rooms, yeah, you're fine, it's terrific. But these five, you put that in, you're going to suffer, it's terrible. We need the channel to be able to say, here are the things that you can do, and I'm not going to overcharge you for them, and I'm not going to gouge you, but you need my expertise on the other ones. We need it to turn, get IT expertise, get honesty, stop gouging, get rid of the, the, the architect to AV consultant to integrator, you know, backroom handshake, smoky room model. And as an industry, you're right. More companies just folded up the tent and then made the pivot. And we as an industry, rather than saying, oh, great, look at all the experiences we do, we should have been warning integrators, folks, make this pivot, because if you don't, you're going to be bought out or you're going to close. Well, now, okay, tell me if you agree with this. Um, it's like coming from the structured cabling world, so voice and data, right? I have plenty of friends that were, you know, uh, voice people. Data people, by the way, think that they're better than voice people. It's hilarious. There's always a pecking order in everything, right? And so this was when Tamburg was still in existence, right? So it was all Polycom and Tamburg. Those were the ones. And LifeSize came around, right? So LifeSize came on board, and as a non-AV professional at the time, I thought life size was great. Um, I really didn't know if they had quality issues. It sounded fine to me. It looked okay to me. What the heck did I know, right? I wasn't even a Skype user at that point. Um, it didn't work very well then. But the industry did not embrace life size. Everybody was like, you're not Polycom, you're not Tambor, go away. So as a result, life size kind of took a sideward. They still wanted the channel, but the channel was not giving them any love whatsoever. They weren't an insider. They weren't the cool kids, if you will, you know. And I saw them go a lot towards telephony dealers and other types of installation people trying to get that traction. Um, And sometimes even going direct. Did you see that? I mean... Well, 
there are companies that have launched <clears throat> in the last decade that were embraced by integrators. Um, new companies, so being new isn't a problem. You want to build a product that's reliable, that, that the integrator can sell and work with everything else that they're doing and embrace the channel distribution. Some companies do that really well, yeah. some companies don't do that really well. We at Poly are competing with some really outstanding firms. We're competing with Logitech, we're competing with Cisco, we're competing with Crestron to a certain extent, and I have great friends at all of those companies. Yeah. They're, all, they're um, all great companies, but what I ask people to do is ignore the marketing, ignore our marketing, ignore yeah. the hype, look at the gear. Look at it in person and if you can't look at it in person, go to YouTube and look at the videos, look at the comparisons. Yeah. Anybody can launch a product and if the product doesn't work well and it's not reliable, the channel's not going to push it and, and, and integrators are not going to try and integrate with it so the only choice the company has is to go to non, a non-traditional path. DMR. Something. But, yeah. but if you're building a reliable product, people will tell you they love it, you'll see YouTube videos that, yeah. that compare it, and, and then you'll hopefully be able to work with channel partners to help you install it. Yeah, I do think there is opportunity. You're right. The industry doesn't necessarily ice you out because you're new. I mean, if it's a good product, it's a good product. I know um, Nancy Knowlton, right, when she, they started Nureva, Nureva has some good products, you know, and she already had a legacy and a background, right, going back to the smart days. So I... Yeah, I like watching people kind of evolve, you know, and, and you know, we were just talking about one of your friends uh, that had a company that was, uh, well, was Revo Labs, you told me, right? And then sold, to, created another company that got acquired by Bose and stuff. It's a small, small industry, but I like that people are still wanting that type of innovation. So what do you think is going to be tomorrow's new thing? What, what's, what's on the horizon for what we're doing now? Sure. Well, well, we're we're in a new decade, uh, the the twenties, the roaring twenties. I know. And um, I like that. And roaring again, and we're at the just starting part of of AI um, and machine learning in some of these technologies. And it's not really necessarily Big Brother-ish, and it's not necessarily just voice control, although voice control and facial recognition, all that comes along with it as well. It's having boxes that are smart enough to do the things that you don't have to do anymore because they know what to do. Here's a great example. If you take a look at the um, the Poly Studio, and within a, you know, a month, the next software update, the Poly Studio X30 and the X50, if you walk into a room, it will know you walked into the room, and it'll frame the shot for you. I saw the video. I, I can't tell you how many times I've done video calls on the far end interviewing people and I have a shot of their legs under the table because they either don't know how to move their camera, they don't know they shouldn't move their camera, yeah. they don't like the control of the camera, they're afraid uh -huh. to touch it. Why should anybody have to frame a camera now? The camera frames itself. Yeah. If there are two people talking really quickly, like if you and I are going back and forth, yeah. it can do a split screen and a two shot now. I saw that. I, I thought that was a very interesting stylistic choice uh, when y'all are for the back and forth. Well, it's a, user, it's, it's, a, it's a user function that you can turn on and off. Right, right. You can set it just for group framing as well. but. That's the kind of stuff you're going to see. The, the, the I do love it, and I did see the video of it, and I liked that it would do a slow pan and would also do quick right. back and forth. But then again, I was a fan of the director, uh, the two right. camera system. The first time, and I, I was introduced that. to that back in 2011, and I think it had already been around for at least a year or two. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, this is to me just the next 
it's very Polycom was the first company to have that. It's very poly of them, right? Yes. It is very polycom of them to have this this type of product that is so unique and different. And you can think about where the technology is going. You're going to have these smarter cameras, yeah. super high resolution. I mean, yeah. there are theaters in the world now that are building um, across the edge of their balcony. They're putting in these ultra high resolution cameras uh -huh. and just recording everything. And then they'll cut a video of a concert later just by taking pieces of the video frame. So, you know, we have a 4K camera, you get to 8K camera. Yeah. Ward knows what the resolution is going to be later. So you can cut two frames within that image. It's going to be smarter about doing that. The, the noise block that we now have on our system, which is the idea it recognizes uh, potato chip crinkling or dogs barking or yeah. typing on a keyboard, if it hears that, it mutes the audio. That's terrific. I'm glad that it mutes it, but it also mutes if you're talking, and if you're talking, it doesn't mute it anymore, so the noise comes through. Yeah. Machine learning is very sh shortly going to be able to filter the typing and let your talking keep coming through. Yeah. So we're right at the edge of all those smarter things happening, and it's a great time to be in the industry exploding. People keep talking about the rooms that don't have systems, yeah. and people at home wearing headsets and traveling. That's why you're seeing a lot of companies get into the business, because there's a lot of opportunity. Well, and I, active electronics is fun, quite frankly. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I came from structured cabling, yawn, uh, you know, and I, I know a lot of great people that have their RCDDs. My husband is one of them, but okay. it just, it wasn't very exciting. And being in AV and watching it kind of come full circle, sure. you know, I mean, I went from layer one girl, structure cabling, to not being on the network, and now I've just leapfrogged them. And we're like at layer three, and I'm like, God, this is awesome. And seeing the advances, like you said. It's now the Tesla model. It's now we're going to sell you this product. Yeah. It's a fabulous product, and it's only going to get better with each software update. Yeah. We introduced at this show PolyLens, uh -huh. which is going to be our new platform management for managing devices. Oh, nice. So today it'll tell you what do you have, is it on, is it working, just like you would expect a management platform to be. Yes. Tomorrow, I mean this year, within a few software upgrades, it'll tell you what's in the room. Nice. You, have, you have nine chairs. You have 20 people and, and only 10 chairs, so 10 people are standing. Yeah. Later on, it's going to be able to tell you, you know what? 80% of the people in the room were engaged and looking, 20% were bored. Half were happy, half were sad. Uh -huh. So all those, what do we want to learn? What analytics do we want to come up with? Yeah. That's more of a social thing than a technical thing. But like I said, we're right on the cusp now yeah. of all these AI features coming in. It's going to be fun to watch where the software goes. And once it gets aggregated. No, I agree. And I, uh, I had done a tour of the Harmon booth back when they still did a booth at Infocom, but on Bum. Yeah. Uh, that was for you kids. Um, but... They have a booth here. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I know. Why all the shade in the U.S.? It's hilarious. But it was interesting because they, um, one of the things they showed was this, uh, it was like an AI for retail, right? And so it literally showed me a map of where I walked within their booth as if right. it was a retail store. It came up with my age and it was very generous by about five to seven years. So I was like, I'll take that. It's generous for the demo. It's uh, not right, really. I know, either. right? In real life, they probably knew better, but you know, it knew what sex I was. It knew, you know, it did a capture. And I was like, I just, I was so fascinated with that, you know, and that was three years ago, two years ago, two years ago. So, um, and they were showing some voice control stuff for hospitals and hotels, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I know, and I just, I love that. I, I like seeing, now I disagree about voice first. I can't, I don't know, in, in my market I just, you know, the oil and gas companies are so, so, so conservative. It's almost like, you know, well you know, you've had a lot of uh, financial 
companies that you've done work with over the many, many yeah. years. So there's certain industries where certain things are just a no-no. It's, it's not going to be something widely rolled out to the enterprise yeah. until it's on-prem. Yeah. until it doesn't go to the cloud. Yes. And, and I've seen companies that are doing that, but it's still a ways off. It's a custom, more of a custom thing, right? Yeah. Well, not once somebody has it, then it's yeah. going to be, you can just install it on-prem and understand the keywords. Yeah. But it's also, it's, you know, we, we, we do facial recognition to do those shots. Yeah. It's not just who's talking. That's how the, the Eagle Eye director used to, you know, right. with the audio. Now it's looking for eyes and a mouth. Yes. And, and so you're going to see more and more of that. And the users will have to decide what's great versus what's creepy. Right. It's, it's not going to be something that everybody's going to want, but really good stuff coming in the very near future. See, when I worked for an integrator, we used to have Monday morning calls, right, video calls, right. with the entire company. So there was like eight divisions, and I would intentionally sit in the very front of the room because I did not want to be on camera. And we had a very old polycom system that didn't have a, like a very large, you know, viewing angle yep. to it. Um, so I would be the one like, no, I don't want that. I don't want it. I, I'm just here. I like when you're able to hold something in front of your mouth and have it not go to you, so you can still have like an offline type, you know, conversation maybe with your neighbor or make a comment and not have it go. Uh, you know what? Mouth. Honestly, I think that's changing. Do you? Um, uh, more and more, you know, as Gen Y, Gen Z, the millennial, you know, as, as yeah. it's because then picture this. And this is a joke I like to tell, um, or a funny story I like to tell. Someone gets up in the morning at 7 a.m. Uh -huh. They shower, they dress, they make themselves look pretty, they leave the house, they wave to the neighbors, they, they take a train into work, they're on the train, they're talking with people, everybody's there. They get a cup of coffee, the person who gets them the coffee looks at them, says, oh, I know what you want, you want it light and sweet, we're going to give you the coffee. They go to the office and say, hey, hi, everybody. And then they block the camera because they don't want anybody seeing what they look like. Right. How ridiculous is that? No. Everybody's already looking at yeah, you. I know. You know, it's, 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 you know the, the term that Tanberg used to use is NVR, not video ready. Yeah. You're home, you're not feeling well, you're doing your coworkers a favor by not getting them sick, fine. You're not video ready, keep the camera off. Yeah. I hate to tell you how many conference calls, I have a, a, a lot of colleagues around the world at weird times. So if I'm getting ready for bed, or if I'm, you know, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, sometimes I'm not video ready. But every time I can, I share the video because everybody knows what I look like already. It makes it more meaningful, because I've had that before, you know, where yeah. it's like, you know, we're doing a, a webinar, if you will, but not a webinar Zoom call. And, you know, we're trying to demo something, and right. it's like, can you please turn on your camera? The engineers don't like to turn their cameras on. They're camera averse. It's aging out. It is aging out though yeah I do see that well this has been so interesting and fun I really appreciate your time tell people where they can find you and find out uh, more about poly products um, well the the website is uh, poly.com p-o-l-y.com um, the best way to find out about me is just Google me <laughs> uh, type in type in David Danto or David J Danto um, I keep all my blogs and everything else that I do on my personal website danto.info um, you can find me on Twitter you can find me on LinkedIn I'm all over the freaking place so well, it's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Hope, hope you have a great rest of the show. Thank you for joining us here at Mostly AV. If you like what you heard, uh, please follow us at MostlyAV.com or follow us on Facebook at MostlyAV. Um, again, thanks for tuning in and feel free to share our content. Spread the word.